Some say that the thing that appears at the end of Jet Road in San Antonio, Texas is a ghost, while others believe it to be a creature of unimaginable horror. Whatever it is, it haunts the minds of young children and entices teenagers to test their bravery on what locals call Donkey Lady Bridge. The urban legend is well known in San Antonio, which has many variations and eyewitness encounters. And on this episode, we will reveal the mystery of Donkey Lady Bridge. This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 2, Episode 3, The Donkey Lady. Whatever the Donkey Lady is, a ghost or a physical creature, she is said to roam the woods around the end of Jet Road and will appear on the bridge. She is said to jump upon your vehicle as you cross the bridge and damage the body with her hooves. Anyone capturing a glimpse will no doubt scream in horror as they see what appears to be a woman with a donkey face. Like all urban legends, there are various stories surrounding the inception. One story tells of a woman who lived in the nearby woods in the 1950s who was attacked by her drunk husband one night. The husband set her house on fire, killing her children and badly burning the woman. She was terribly disfigured in the fire, fusing her fingers and toes together, creating hoof-like hands and feet. Her head was so badly burned in the fire that it healed in such a warped, elongated way it resembled that of a donkey. Legend tells that she is roaming the forested area by the tragedy in search for her children. If you honk your horn, it is said she will be alerted and chase you down. Another origin to the tale starts much earlier in the 1880s. It is said a settler woman lived near the banks of Elm Creek with her husband and two children. The couple was barely scratching out a living from farming the stingy South Texas soil and raising a few head of livestock. One day, the son of a wealthy San Antonio merchant came riding into the rear of the property. Somehow, the young man came into contact with a horse or a mule belonging to the pioneer family. The young man, the story goes, teased the animal and hit it with a stick. The poor animal retaliated in the only way it knew how and bit the merchant's son. Enraged, the young man began to beat the animal even more severely than before. The poor creature's cries reached the ears of the pioneer couple and they quickly rushed to the scene. It became obvious to the couple that their animal, no doubt vital to their livelihood, was about to be beaten to death. The couple began throwing rocks at their animal's assailant and pelted him several times. They did not realize this young man was a son of an important man in town. The young man retreated, but he swore he would get revenge on the couple throwing the rocks. That night, a party of men, led by the wealthy merchant and his son, stealthily approached the young family's cabin and set fire to it with torches. The heavily armed men refused to allow anyone inside the cabin to leave. Desperate, the man of the house attempted to make a break for it in the hopes that his wife and children could escape while he distracted their attackers. Alas, he was gunned down almost immediately upon setting foot outside the cabin. The screams of the woman and her children as they burned alive were heard up and down the creek for over a mile. 
Just as the mob was sure that their unholy task was complete, a figure engulfed in flames smashed through what was left of the cabin windows and staggered toward the stunned and now terrified men. The woman's hands seemed to have been burnt down to the mere nubs, and her face appeared to have melted and sagged to the point that it was unnaturally long and deformed. The poor creature's clothes were gone, burned away, revealing skin charred completely black, yet somehow still on fire. The wretched creature that had once been a happy, sod-busting wife and mother let out a bone-chilling wail, and then staggered past the men and hurled herself off the bank and into the waters of Elm Creek. The criminal mob followed to the point from which she had launched herself into the black water, but they saw no trace of her. Her body, it is said, was never found. Since that terrible night, travelers who tarry too long on or near the bridge have occasionally reported terrifying run-ins with the donkey lady. Horrible screeching and screaming is reported from time to time emanating from under the bridge or the surrounding woods. Some have claimed a malevolent creature of some kind has dropped onto the hood or roof of their vehicle, screaming loudly and scratching and clawing at the windows in an attempt to get at them. Photos exist of damage allegedly done to vehicles by the donkey lady. It is said that if you park on the bridge, shut off your headlights and wait, you will almost certainly encounter something truly terrifying. Eyewitnesses claim to see glimpses of the donkey lady, while others report trace evidence, like the smell of horses, and they see hooved tracks in the mud below the bridge. Others report encounters like this next eyewitness statement. One weekend in 1989, some friends and I were driving around in the 1973 Impala one of them owned as we usually did. We were showing the younger cousins of the driver, Todd, around. They had turned 13 that year and were being inducted. We decided to drive to Donkey Lady Bridge, partly since we had never been there, partly to give them a good scare. Any child that had grown up in San Antonio knows about the Donkey Lady. There was even a phone number you could call to hear her. So they laughed and agreed to the idea to go to the bridge. We drove out to the bridge, turning off the headlights before we were actually on it. It is very eerie out there at night. It was much more because of the almost full moon barely lighting the bridge that night. Todd started to slowly advance across the bridge when a figure appeared seemingly from nowhere in the middle of the bridge. He stopped the car and we whispered speculations as to who or what it was. We were not expecting to see anything, much less this. Todd placed the car in gear again and honking his horn, slowly inching his way towards the figure, it vanished. Todd stopped the car again and this made us all shut up. Todd sat listening to our suggestions to either back up or gun the car to the other side of the bridge when something landed on the hood of the car. Everyone screamed and Todd slammed the car into reverse and just floored it. The dark figure rolled from the hood and Todd didn't stop until we had reached the main road and made our way to the Denny's on Southwest Military near Highway 10. Getting out, we all stared at the hood, which now sported two very deep dents in it. 
No one had an explanation of just where the figure had dropped from to make those. We went inside to eat, but just decided to call it a night. Todd took his car to the body shop the next day and had to replace the entire hood. The dents were too deep to pound out. Incidentally, I was 17 when this happened, and I am 30 years old today, and I have never been back there, ever. I'd like to take a quick break now to tell you about this episode's sponsor. Another eyewitness tells a similar terrifying story. One night in late 1987, while at my best friend's house, four fellow companions showed up. Bored and looking for something to do, we suggested they visit Donkey Lady Bridge. This local legend was only a short drive from the house, about five or six miles from us, and it was a local favorite among late night storytellers. They agreed and soon they were out driving to Donkey Lady Bridge. But about six hours later, their vehicle returned to our driveway with only one occupant. Assuming John, the driver, had taken the girls home and was ready to party with us, we went out anxious to greet him. What we found at the car was something I'll never forget. The windshield was busted, the front dented, and there was what appeared to be blood all over the hood. We immediately ran to the driver's door to see if John was alright. However, John was just sitting there staring out the windshield with a blank expression on his face. After several minutes of constant badgering, we finally got him to talk. He, Lisa, Terry, and Jill arrived at the bridge, he said. They began to honk their horn and call for the donkey lady. According to the legend, this is how you are supposed to get her attention. After about 15 minutes of not seeing anything, they decided to go into the woods and look out for themselves if they could find anything. What happened next was truly unbelievable, and if I hadn't known John all my life and seen the car, I would have thought he was just making it up. While walking in the woods, John said he got the feeling that they were being watched. He immediately stopped and told everyone to be quiet, looking around, and he evaluated the situation. He then discovered, in the distance, what appeared to be two eyes staring at them off in the distance. Those eyes seemed to be reflecting from the moonlight and were of a color that was said to be indescribable. Immediately, the girls panicked and began to run back to the car. John was quick to follow, and soon after he turned away, there was a horrible scream from the direction from where they saw the eyes. He described it as almost being a cry from an intelligent animal. Too afraid to turn around, he picked up his pace as he ran to the car. When he got there, the girls were already inside, screaming at him to get in and leave as quick as possible. As he was trying to find his keys, he heard a sound of what seemed to be a horse running in their direction. Starting the car, he slammed it into gear and put it to the floor. Suddenly, a figure appeared in the road in front of them. Too afraid to stop, John collided with the figure. It hit the hood of the car and rolled over on the roof. Looking in his rearview mirror, he said he thought the figure got up and continued to pursue them. After hearing this and seeing the condition of the car, Steve and I immediately felt this deserved a second look. John told us that he would never return to that bridge again, but if we wanted to risk our lives to go right ahead. 
So grabbing two flashlights and a pair of shotguns, that was the biggest weapons Steve father had at the time. We jumped in my pickup and made way for the bridge. As we drew closer, we slowed down and turned on the many off-road lights my truck had. These lit the road in the woods to the side of us as if it were daytime, giving us an outstanding view of the bridge as we approached. The first thing we noticed as the bridge drew close were the numerous amounts of blood on the road. However, these were the only signs of evidence we could find. Upon investigation of the woods by foot and with our shotguns in hands, we discovered what seemed to be several tracks of a small horse leading to the road. After several hours of looking and not finding anything else, we returned home. To this day, none of the four individuals involved in this story have ever returned to the bridge. Did John actually see and strike the donkey lady that night? Or was it merely a stray pony startled by their presence? All I know is that something was there that night and it did scare our friends half to death. So what is the donkey lady? Is it a ghost? A flesh and blood creature? Or simply an urban legend to scare up the imagination of teenagers? Or is the donkey lady part of the La Llorona, aka the crying woman legend? This legend is a ghost prominent in folklore of Spanish America. This myth has a tendency to take aspects of an urban legend and is present throughout Mexican culture and according to the tradition, the crying woman is the ghost of a woman who has lost her children and now cries while looking for them in the river, often causing misfortune to those who are near or who hear her. Though several variations exist, the most basic story tells of a beautiful woman by the name of Maria who drowns her children in a river as a means of revenge because her husband left her for a younger woman. She drowns herself in the river as well when she realizes her children are finally dead. After she is challenged at the gates of heaven over the whereabouts of her children, she is not permitted to enter the afterlife until she has found them. Maria is forced to wander the earth for all eternity, searching in vain for her drowned offspring. She constantly weeps, hence her name, La Llorona. She is caught between the living world and the spirit world. Mexican parents often use this story to prevent their children from wandering out at night. In some versions of this tale, she will kidnap wandering children who resemble her missing children. She asks them for forgiveness, then drowns the children to take the place of her own. People who claim to have seen her say she appears at night or in the late evening by rivers or lakes or streams. Some believe those who hear the wails of her are marked for death, but those who escape in time are not so marked, similar to the Gaelic Banshee legend. The legend of the crying woman can be traced back to a German folktale dating from 1486. But in more modern times, the legend makes an all-too-real appearance. In 1986, in the Buffalo Bayou surrounding the San Antonio region, a murder took place that scared locals to the core. After years of suffering abuse at the hands of her husband, Juana Marie Leja refused to deal with it any longer. One morning, she brought her seven children down to the dark, murky waters of Buffalo Bayou. 
There's not a lot of information if the children fought against her, but Juana was too far gone. She saw no other option than taking the life of her children. She threw six of her seven children into the river. Two of her children, Juana and Judas Dimas, did not make it. The rest were saved by rescuers who were called to the scene. As can be expected, she protested her innocence by claiming that she had no choice. Her husband was violently aggressive to her and the children. The court ruled that Juana would receive 10 years of probation because of the deaths of her children and the attempt to drown her other children. But there was one thing that struck the police officers as very strange. When they asked Juana Marie Leha why she had committed such heinous crimes, she claimed it was to escape her husband. But there was also one other reason. And that reason, Juana Marie Leha claimed to be La Llorona herself. This episode is brought to you by The Sorting Chat. The Sorting Chat is the newish podcast wherein three women talk via Google Hangout each month to talk minutia related to Harry Potter, a series of books for children. They drink and laugh at each other with occasional guest stars. Like any true lovers, they take J.K. Rowling's source material too seriously and make fun of it relentlessly at whim. The podcast drops the first Thursday of each month, and sometimes more. Visit www.thesortingchat.com for more details and to catch up on episodes. Now, back to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. So is this donkey lady a retelling of an old legend? An entirely different ghost or entity? A misidentified animal such as a mutated horse or a donkey? Or is it simply an urban legend? Alejandro, a paranormal investigator known as the Dead Explorer Online, visited the Donkey Lady Bridge with other investigators. Here are their results. Tonight on Dead Explorer, I'm here in San Antonio with Roger from Shadowlight Paranormal. We're exploring the urban legend of the Donkey Lady. This is a really creepy story about uh, a lady who got married by a farmer, and people are creeped the hell out uh, by the story of the Donkey Lady on this bridge. So here we are, trying to see if we can capture the Donkey Lady and prove the urban legend on video. I'm Alejandro. I've searched the world for paranormal activity. I am the Dead Explorer. Before... There was actually uh, uh, writing on the stones, um, candles everywhere, uh, pentagrams and stuff like that, where people would actually go down and and do these sort of satanic rituals. Who knows if it was legitimate, you know, Satan worshippers, but it drew attention because of the story of the donkey lady. So they say that if we walk around here, she might grab the donkey lady might grab our legs. Yeah. If we get close, if we taunt, the idea is you're supposed to taunt the donkey lady for her to come out. I'm not, a, I'm not a big provoker. You gotta provoke the donkey lady to make her do something. So, 
maybe for the sake of the urban legend, we'll try something. But uh, I would say provoke at your own risk. All right, fucking bitch, come out. Come on. I'm really glad that farmer killed you. You're probably some weird ass lady, right? They had a, a donkey as a pet. Probably a lot of people made fun of you, right? All the kids, all the young teenagers. Probably throwing stuff at your house. They busted your windows. But you were that weird ass lady with a donkey. You heard that, right? Mm -hmm. Ooh, like it went, oh. I heard like it almost sounds like voices. Well, I heard like knocking over here. You're knocking? Yeah. I thought I heard like voices, like conversation behind you. I almost hear it too. Let's wait till that car passes and let's see. Could be the water. Yeah, water does carry. You're gonna have to do something pretty big to let me know that you're here, that there's something here. I'm not afraid of you. So you better do something pretty magnificent to freak me out. How many people come and visit you? Can you give me that answer? You okay? Yeah. You're just trying to freak me out? Yeah. Ah, you gotta do more than that. Whoa, <laughs> I just saw like a white... I saw like a little mist. Might be something coming from the water. Just kinda go up like that. Yeah, donkey lady, donkey lady, come out. Yeah, donkey lady, donkey lady. What well, can we just say? Come out, donkey lady. Come on out. Come on out. What's that? Sounds like a car door. It did sound like a car door. There's light over there. I see it. Coming towards us. Yeah, maybe bikes. Might be cops. They're the same looking flashlight. Or they got headlamps. Keep, you want to just walk that way? Yeah. See who it is. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, people walking. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Y'all seen a donkey lady around here somewhere? Not yet. No? Not yeah. here of us. You, you guys looking for the donkey lady? Very much. Yeah. yeah. This is you guys first time, so. <laughs> yeah. Shit out of her. Yeah, we've been looking for the donkey lady. <laughs> she ain't here. No. Yeah. Did y'all try if you stuff? Throw stuff at her. Yeah. Oh, so you oh yeah. Throw stuff on the sides, yeah. and if you go down there. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. right. That's what we heard. Yeah. We come a lot. Go. Oh yeah, you come a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we go go. Uh, past the oh, barrier. We spent a lot of time here, and then we just got bored, so we started walking down yeah. there. Yeah. Because yeah. we sometimes we take it this way, and just see how far this trail goes, and but like it gets creepy as shit, and. 
How far does it's it? How far does it go over there? there well, we have no idea. We have yeah. friends that say that if you keep on going, that you reach a house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Supposedly there's a house down there. the road, like a good two miles. Like an miles. old house. Yeah, well, like a yeah, broken like down a, house. Weren't you saying that that like one of the legends is the Lanka lady might have been burned in that house? Well, yeah, there was a house somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, apparently it's like down straight down that way. At this point, with our new friends, we went looking for the abandoned home of the donkey lady. Although we did find evidence of an old path, a few minutes in the path looked intentionally blocked by cut down trees and vegetation. We spent the rest of the night underneath the mysterious bridge. Although we did not find evidence of a donkey lady, me and those kids proved that the urban legend was as popular as ever. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Madia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian Von Ziegler. Sitting around a campfire late at night, beer in hand, telling tales of Slender Man, Bigfoot, and the Wendigo, or listening to your favorite podcast about these legends. What better way to get a quick snack fix that is not only healthy, but low in sodium and fat, and one that gives you an energy boost in case something creeps out of the wood and you need to make a quick getaway. Today's podcast is brought to you by Jurassic Jerky. With over 25 gourmet flavors of tender, flavorful jerky, Jurassic Jerky is not only preservative-free, it is MSG-free, low in sodium and fat. Jurassic Jerky gives you traditional flavors, along with creations like orange teriyaki, whiskey straight, draft beer, and applewood smoke-style bacon jerky. Yes, bacon jerky. If you enjoy this podcast, order online at www.jurassicjerkyllc.com and enter promo code WORLD10, all in caps, for 10% off your order, free shipping over $30, and a free floss or toothpick in each package to ensure clean teeth. Not only that, each purchase you make, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to charities that support wounded combat veterans. Again, that is www.jurassicjerkyllc.com and enter promo code WORLD10 to get our special offer.